Hey, Hope family. Just going to say up front that we had a little technical issue last week, so there was no Friday episode of Hope Daily. To make up for it, we'll have one come out tomorrow as well. So so a double dose of Dave this weekend. Enjoy. I'm sure you will. We are now into 2 Samuel, and today we'll be in the first chapter. How do you tend to process your emotions? There are a variety of ways, but to overgeneralize, there are people who process them internally, kind of retreating into themselves, thinking through everything until they feel everything is in order. And then there are those who process them externally. What comes out first is gut-level emotional reaction. And there is likely truth in the initial reaction, but it's not where the person will ultimately land necessarily. I'm more of the former. I tend to keep things to myself, but I'm definitely thinking and processing. Then when I feel like I've come to a conclusion I feel secure and settled in, I'll either move on or bring it to whoever I feel needs to be a part of that process. But even as an internal processor, I've had moments where I just need to let out what was inside as it was happening. The emotions were too strong, the event too painful to keep in. Whether that shows up as yelling, ranting, crying, or some mix of those, what was in just needed to come out. William Stafford, a poet, said that a poem is an an emergency of the spirit. I wish I were that poetic or that my emergencies of spirit came out in the form of poetry, but alas, they do not. For some, however, that is how they process. When our normal, direct forms of communication fail us, some are able to move to poetry or song or even to the visual arts to express what is happening. And I'm thankful that scripture gives us examples of this. We do not have heroes who stoically move forward in life, but instead we have real humans who live through the whole range of human emotion. The entire collection of Psalms is an example, but even in First and Second Samuel, we have multiple examples. When Hannah's son, Samuel, was born, she broke out into song. Here in 2 Samuel 1, David is informed that King Saul and Jonathan have been killed in battle. And his response is an emotional one. Let's read 1 Samuel 1 verses 1 through 16. After the death of Saul, when David had returned from striking down the Amalekites, David remained two days in Ziglag. And on the third day, behold, a man came from Saul's camp with his clothes torn and dirt on his head. And when he came to David, he fell to the ground and paid homage. David said to him, Where do you come from? And he said to him, I have escaped from the camp of Israel. And David said to him, How did it go? Tell me. And he answered, The people fled from the battle, and also many of the people have fallen and are dead. And Saul and his son Jonathan are also dead. Then David said to the young man who told him, How do you know that Saul and his son Jonathan are dead? And the young man who told him said, By chance I happened to be on Mount Gilboa, and there was Saul leaning on his spear, and behold, the chariots and horsemen were close upon him. And when he looked behind him, he saw me and called to me, and I answered, Here I am. And he said to me, Who are you? I answered, I am an Amalekite. He said to me, Stand beside me, kill me, for anguish has seized me, and yet my life still lingers." So I stood beside him and killed him, because I was sure that he could not live after he had fallen. And I had, and I took the crown that was on his head, and the armlet that was on his arm, and I have brought them here to my lord. 
Then David took hold of his clothes and tore them, and so did all the men who were with him. And they mourned and wept and fasted until evening, for Saul and for Jonathan his son, and for the people of the Lord, and for the house of Israel, because they had fallen by the sword. And David said to the young man who told him, Where do you come from? And he answered, I am the son of a sojourner, an Amalekite. David said to him, How is it you were not afraid to put your hand to destroy the Lord's anointed? Then David called one of the young men and said, Go, execute him. And he struck him down so that he died. And David said to him, Your blood be on your head, for your mouth has testified against you, saying, I have killed the Lord's anointed. This is a strong emotional reaction that David has to finding out that Saul and Jonathan have died, have been killed in battle. Uh, We heard the story back in 1 Samuel. This messenger story is a little bit different than what we read in chapter 31, but there are ways to justify both of them. It is also possible that this young man who is delivering this message has lied and maybe is seeking to garner favor from the new king. But what he doesn't know, clearly, is that David had a strong aversion to killing the one who is the Lord's anointed. Even though David himself was the Lord's anointed, but so was Saul. We know that David had multiple opportunities to kill Saul, and he did not take them. Even felt really bad for cutting off part of Saul's robe the one time he had an opportunity to kill him. And so David is moved to tear his clothes and to weep fasting for Saul and for Jonathan, for the the men of the house of Israel who who had died. And then we pick up in verse 17, David lamented with his lamentation over Saul and Jonathan, his son, and he said it, and he said, it should be taught to the people of Judah. Behold, it is written in the book of Jashar. He said, your glory, O Israel, is slain on your high places, how the mighty have fallen. Tell it not in Gath, publish it not in the streets of Ashkelon, lest the daughters of the Philistines rejoice, lest the daughters of the uncircumcised exult. Your mountains of Gilboa, let there be no dew or rain upon you, nor fields of offerings. For there the shield of the mighty was defiled, the shield of Saul, not anointed with oil. From the blood of the slain, from the fat of the mighty, the bow of Jonathan turned not back, the sword of Saul returned not empty. Saul and Jonathan, beloved and lovely, in life and in death they were not divided. They were swifter than eagles, they were stronger than lions. Your daughters of Israel weep over Saul, who clothed you luxuriously in scarlet, who put ornaments of gold on your apparel. How the mighty have fallen in the midst of the battle. Jonathan, lie slain on your high places. I am distressed for you, my brother Jonathan. Very pleasant you have been to me. Your love to me was extraordinary, surpassing the love of women. How the mighty have fallen, and the weapons of war perished. So when facing an emergency of spirit, whether overwhelmed with joy like Hannah, or stricken by the unbearable grief like David, our prayers can be like songs or poems to the Lord. We may not be able to articulate what we are feeling the way that David was able to in those verses and through that song, But our Lord not only hears our words, but he reads our hearts. He knows the emotion that we are going through, and he wants us to bring that to him. And I'm struck by, one, David's ability to just turn to God with a lamentation um, instead of, you know, letting it fester and stew, but also the graciousness with which he responds to the death of Saul, who by many accounts would have been considered, should have been considered his enemy. And yet he weeps over Saul. 
He's heartbroken that this has happened to the one who at one point was, in fact, the Lord's anointed. But David turns with this song, and we are to turn to God as well. Again, whether it is in joy or in unbearable grief, God wants us to bring those things to him. God is always glad to hear from us, and as James says, he draws near to those who draw near to him. And so, however we are feeling, we need to draw close to God. The next time that you feel an emergency of spirit, don't let it fester into something. Don't keep that joy to yourself. Don't allow the sorrow to be to drown you, but instead take it to God. As the author of Hebrews says, we are able to enter with boldness, courageously into the throne room of God, where we can meet with the Most Holy One.